0: Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus, I'm the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Food News Media. Uh, We're sharing several conversations with restaurant industry professionals, uh, from operators to vendors to consultants and data analysts, uh, with unique perspectives and creative ideas and solutions on tackling the challenges posed by coronavirus. At this moment in time, it really feels like no amount of communication is too much. Right now, folks just need to be informed on what ideas are working out there, what are some creative approaches to uh, clawing back to relevancy, to getting your customers back, uh, even if that's just ordering uh, via off-premises channels. What are the ways to gain the consumer trust back and uh, and get the sales back so that you can keep your lights on through this challenging season? We're also sharing those insights on qsrmagazine.com. Uh, if you go to qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus, you can see a collection of over 100 headlines, uh About the coronavirus and about what companies are doing uh, to overcome these challenges and also with some news about what's going on. Also, please do feel free to email me sam at qsrmagazine.com if you have questions, if you think you'd be a good uh, guest for this podcast, or if you just want a resource, please email me sam at qsrmagazine.com. I would love to hear from you. I'm going to share a conversation now with Akash Kapoor. He is the co-founder and CEO of Curry Up Now, an Indian fast casual that has been franchising and growing across the country. Uh, We've had uh, so much fun covering this brand over the last couple of years as they have just exploded out of the Bay Area and grown uh, with this really exciting uh, concept. And I wanted to talk to Akash, especially because this was going to be a huge growth year for Curry Up Now. They'd signed several franchise deals. They had many leases on uh, some stores and, and were planning to opened several locations this year. And I wanted to get his perspective uh, from somebody who is sort of a young franchise, uh, has all of these new franchise partners who are now navigating what to do through the coronavirus, um, how, what his response has been to that. So rolling now into a conversation with Curry Up Now CEO Akash Kapoor. Akash, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I'm sure you are busy. Tell me a little bit about the last, I guess, probably month now for you, since you're based out in California. What's the month, last month, looked like for Curry Up now?
1: Oh, hi Sam. So it's it's uh, it's obviously unreal. It's still kind of you know you wake up in the morning hoping that things have changed, hoping the the peak's been reached and you know uh, it's receding, but obviously that's not the case. Um, mm-hmm. and every week's been very different uh, for us, and we were probably one to two weeks ahead of the rest of the country um as far as uh, shelter in place and things like that and then we we kind of were ahead of that as well. Mm-hmm. um so we started doing this yeah you know, four 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 and a half weeks ago mm-hmm. um, but no, it's been you know first week is like shock, right? maybe two weeks of shock mm-hmm. and you then you're like, okay, we've got to, this is the new norm now we are. You know, all the restaurants are now ghost kitchens, right? Yeah. Um, which were such a such a trendy word in 2019 in the restaurant circuit, and now it is the word, right? It's the yeah. two, two words. So yeah, ghost kitchen mode, and and you know, just adapting adapting to it. Fortunately, we've been very delivery forward from whenever we started um, when we started ten years ago, and so it's not been that you know the transition's not was very seamless for us but you know yeah. figuring out schedules and figuring out par levels and figuring out you know new checklists um uh, figuring out marketing um uh, figuring out promos which we've never done we've never offered discounts um at parade now so it's yeah it's been it's been a lot of emotional kind of conversations and mm-hmm. some that you're like what the heck was I thinking right but yeah. you know, things change by the by the hour now
0: Yeah, it's unprecedented. There's no playbook for this. I mean, we couldn't have have planned for any of it. But I mean, to your point, you guys have been doing off-premises for a while now. And so that sets you up for success, at least more so than some other folks out there. But what were some things you did have to do differently? You're you're talking about some of these promos and things. What ways did you really evolve the Curry Up Now model to a different thing that you had been doing before?
1: You know, so we were, the one thing that we, we've always been very kind of one third party delivery company focused in our case, that was DoorDash. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we had, we were signed up with everybody. We just had preferential kind of treatment with DoorDash um, both on both sides. Um, they lo- they love us and we love them. Uh, but we quickly kind of brought in all the vendors uh, uh, that plus menu engineering plus kind of making sure, uh, on the to-go side of things, how, how do things land up? Um, because now everything is to-go, right? Initially, it was some things were very to-go friendly, but some things were like, huh, okay, that doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. Things like that have been very tough. On the marketing side of things, yeah. I mean, as a brand, we've never discounted, uh, you know, be it catering or, or, or be it uh, be it with uh, with just kind of normal retail uh, day-to-day kind of couponing or, or discounting, you know, we, we believe in, you know, if you cannot afford it, you know, come to the restaurant, we will give you food if you forgot forgotten your wallet or if you, you know, if you don't have the money that day, it's all good. Um, mm-hmm. That's been very challenging. It's just kind of change that mindset from not only me, but downloading it and socializing it internally with marketing or, or, you know, even, you know, we're still doing some catering. Um, so with marketing, catering, branding and, and our PR team, that's mm-hmm. been, you know, everybody's like, "This is new," and yes, it is, and we don't know how to message that, right? We're we're learning that, and so next week we have a seven day campaign, which every day has a name and every day has a coupon, and and uh, and I'm kind of excited about it, but I'm also kind <clears throat> of a little nervous because again, this is uncharted kind of territory for me and us as a brand. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Yeah, let's talk about that sort of marketing strategy and communication to your customers. I mean, how would you describe the Curry Up Now customer base before this, and how they received messages from you guys? And how would you describe how you've had to maybe uh, evolve that messaging to them in this season?
1: So you know, we haven't really. The messaging's always been kind of social, uh, website very, and it has to be obviously very consistent. Social, somewhat, is 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 not that much of a messaging it's more kind of you know we use it more for branding and things like that mm-hmm. um but but email you know we've got a fairly large email list fortunately so we're doing more of that than we used to so if we did once a once a month earlier we're now doing once a week um, on, on the email stuff um, and again things change so that needs to happen uh, plus with on the promo side of things. Um, we're spending uh, a ton of cash on on this to again kind of make it relevant on social. Um, yeah. So those two things are, are what, we're, what we're doing.
0: You mentioned a couple of times, you know, this idea that this is new, this is unprecedented. We're all kind of flying by the seat of our pants at this point. I, I wonder though if, you know, of course hindsight's always twenty twenty, and we'll get to a point where we look back and, and realize the things. Uh, the ways in which we grew, the things that we learned in this season. Do you feel like there's anything right now you feel like you're taking out of this or learning from all this that you feel like you'll apply in the future?
1: Oh my God, yeah. The wastage, how much wastage we had with uh-huh. with, with labor um, and with overcomplicating all of our businesses. This is quite an easy business. You take order, you make order, you you know you you deliver the order or you you give it to the guest. Uh, mm-hmm. It it you know we tend to overcomplicate. This, this business it's not that hard and it's not that complicated but yeah w- the things that I've learned is you know when, when this does come back and be it 90 days or 60 days it will come back and it'll come back well um, I think the scheduling template changes the prep list change uh, we've all seen now what our staff is capable of when they're working just with a shift with two people um, mm-hmm. and, and that's been that's been cool to see um so i think yeah the the positives from from this is going to be that it's you know it's you know in a in a sick kind of way it's quickly become an employers market mm. uh, which i haven't seen i've been doing this for 10 years we've never been in an employers market uh, right maybe the first year because you know it was 2009 um, and it's going to become a tenants market which i you know we haven't seen for probably 7 8 years right right I, right and, and i think uh, there are going to be more qualified people available because, unfortunately, some some restaurants may not open or may open with a different model, right? Right. And, and I think some will adapt to ghost kitchens permanently, in my mm-hmm. opinion, because that's what we are now.
0: Yeah, it's it really is um, not a, a joy to say, but it is the truth that there's going to be a lot of shakeout that makes you know competition a lot easier for, for folks who do survive this. And it's going to be, to your point, a tenant's market and uh, an employer's market. On the other side of this thing, you know, those things will be good for those people who do survive. Unfortunately, it also means that some people will have to uh, will have to close up shop. Uh, but I also think, you know, it, it could make the restaurant industry, you know, stronger for it. It's just probably going to change the way Americans dine you know I think, entirely I,
1: I think it's going to change it's already changed how americans dine and and that's not we we we'd already seen a decline in in-store guests right? mm-hmm. um while the volumes were, were continuing to grow right mm-hmm. um but now i think i mean this this is not going to change I, I think i mean obviously there's the the socialization part of it's going to come back right the yeah. bars are going to get crowded and, and, and the restaurants are going to get crowded and people want to go out on a Friday and they want to order in on a Sunday. And, and those things will 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 be back. But I think there's going to be, the delivery businesses are going to be, um, again, in a sick way, very happy uh, how this kind of shakes out at the end of the, the term.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. So I know that Curry Up now has been growing like crazy. You've, you've uh, uh, confirmed a lot of, Uh, or uh, signed a lot of franchise deals to spread across the country. We've opened several stores. You guys are a really exciting brand to follow. And, um, you know, obviously that also presents some challenges for you, I'm sure, with the outbreak going on where, you know, now you have to communicate with all of these franchisees and you have to deal with regulations in Atlanta as much as you do in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. Tell me what it's been like to get through that, to navigate through being a franchisor in this time.
1: You know, it's gut-wrenching, especially because six, seven weeks ago, we opened three restaurants in one week. Wow. And these were, you know, these were not local restaurants. These were in Hoboken in in New Jersey, you know, in in Salt Lake City, in in Sacramento. And, you know, my heart goes out to our franchisees because, I mean, they didn't even fully get set up as such, right? And -hmm. they were all inundated with that that initial, you know, hype and volume. Um, They were still kind of trying to figure out who their core team is because it takes takes a couple of months. It takes two three months to kind of really settle down in a new restaurant, right? So again, on the positive side, this is a good time for them to kind of do that and also go back on training. Um, but it's it's been very tough. Uh, you know, yesterday we were told Atlanta is uh, is uh, has kind of a, 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 there's a curfew there uh, in the in, at night. It's nine o'clock and then it becomes seven o'clock. You've got to adjust, right, based on that. Hoboken was the first city in the country that put that in place and got closed down bars and restaurants. So, And and we knew then that obviously this is going to happen everywhere else because, you know, no one's making rash. They've always thought about this. These are not rash uh, decisions. So it's been hard, but it was hard earlier anyway before this to kind of, hey, what are your employment laws? And, and to kind of understand and study them yourself so we can make labor models for you. Uh, mm-hmm. supply chain's been very, very tough and it's been impacted now and it's gonna impact us in the next coming weeks even worse because we, we do supply, you know, ninety percent of our food to the franchisees and some of our POs are now being cancelled because one, the volume's gone down and and two, everybody's kind of focused on medical mm. and 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 businesses around you know, around, you know, more critical businesses I should say.
0: Sure. Do you feel like there's anything you can learn from this system you've now built? I mean, I imagine with uh, operators in cities across the country, everybody's kind of experiencing this a little different. Is there a way to tap into that somehow, maybe learn from your franchisees and operators and and communicate those things to the rest of the system?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's very important because we reach out and they are one restaurant. We are a multiple restaurant group, even on the corp side of things, you know, our corporate stores. And you think of you think of things differently. So just simplifying, simplifying how we how we run the business, and looking at every little line item on your P looking at every credit card statement, and, and questioning every charge or every subscription that we have. Um, these are things that you know we're learning and we're teaching as well, right? Mm-hmm. But I think most important is a they have to survive this. You know this this they just spent, you know upwards of, you know, between four and $700,000 on, on building restaurants. Mm-hmm. So how do we, you know, we, we've provided them with financial models and helping them kind of understand how to schedule, you know, based on what we're doing at Corp. Um, and downloading that information, socializing it, again, is very important um, to the franchisees. And I think, I mean, everybody, this is the one, uh, the other good thing that this has done is, the restaurant business is more united and more together than i thought or maybe it's the Mm. crisis that does this which i hope it's not i hope we all come closer Mm -hmm. because we're all doing the same thing you know we're we're selling the same thing it's and we all have the same margins it's within a few points of each other you know Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very kind of intimate business as such so yeah let's I think we'll, we'll all come closer and the franchises have, and us have become very, very close. Um,
0: a, a thing that's come up in my conversations recently is, you know, this fact that uh, the, the whole industry needs each other to get through this. You know, the restaurants need the vendors to get through this. The vendors need the restaurants to get through this. And so that idea of, you know, a partnership has become all the more important that, you know, you rely on your partners to, you know, maybe learn from them or, or, you know, get some discounts or whatever it might be. So I'm wondering if you guys have found that to be the case too, are, are there ways you can lean into some of your partners to help mm-hmm. each other get through this?
1: Yes. And no. Um, there, and, and also you, you know, the te- your technology partners, right. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have been in, in the whole three categories that you mentioned. Um, the, some of them have been very gracious. Um, some of them have kind of voluntarily just waived fees. Mm. Um, for the for the month and some are extending it to the second month and you know i'll you know i'll throw in the landlords as well some have been good and some have not mm. um and and for example we canceled the contract yesterday for an outsourced um accounting function not the full accounting function and uh, they went in and took out uh, took out a large chunk of money from our account because they had ach access and I, you know that's just ridiculous oh. that even you know people are still yeah. doing that uh, but hey, people are still, you know, marking up face masks and gloves. So <laughs> there's always right. going to be, more of, you know, there there are people out there that do that, and there's there's, you know, people who are very kind and gentle. And yes, we all need each other to survive. And it's very kind of humbling to even see that, right? Mm-hmm. We've asked some of our merchants to give us, you know, forty five day terms, and most have complied, and but the big ones are are not. And I can understand. I mean, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. They've got their bills to pay. And, you know, we were hit first. Hospitality or and travel kind of put that in the same bucket. We were hit first. We were hit very, very hard. Right. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't gradual. Um, and and then you unfortunately, your accounts payable, um, you're paying you know, 30 days from, you, you, you bought from 30 days ago, the revenue based on 30 days ago, but you're paying on revenue based now, right? And most, re, most restaurant groups are not well capitalized, be it groups or be it mom and pops, be it people who have two stores. We are not as an industry, a very well capitalized kind of industry, right? And we're literally down to our knees and think about it in two weeks. Um, so I think, yeah, it's super critical to work with your vendors and it's also a good time to know who your friends are. I mean, you'll know very quickly who your friends are, right? Yeah, Um, for sure. But yeah, I think it's 50-50. 50% 50 are are working with us and 50% are not. Interesting. Uh,
0: You guys, again, have been growing quickly. Um, I'm sure expansion has probably taken something of a back burner at this point. But uh, have you thought about how the coronavirus might change your expansion plans and whether or not in a post-coronavirus world you know you you have to change things at that point too
1: i think everything has changed now right and Mm. and so we currently have three stores under construction we have Mm. a corporate store we have a store in atlanta we have a store in salt lake city uh and as as much as they are allowing construction to go on we're we're chugging along and plugging away at, at, at finishing these stores um we were we were going to, this was our year. 2020 was, we started the year with eight locations very quickly. We had 11 and we were going to have 22 by the end of the year. And these were kind of leases signed permits in, um, you know, ready to kind of start construction or, or just waiting for permits. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how that's, that conversation is not even a conversation that, that we need to be kind of thinking of because I mean, at some point, yes, we have to, but I mean, we're, we're not going to see those stores open and, and we don't know how this is going to even return. And we don't know, you know, the recession effect on our business. I mean, there's so many unknowns at this point. It's, it's kind of nuts.
0: Yeah well that all being said last question for you akash is you know what what is maybe a little bit of hope or encouragement you can offer listeners is there anything that you feel maybe optimistic about or a silver lining something that people can maybe hold on to in uh, the midst of these kind of somber times
1: well i you know just just somber indeed but just kind of we all know that we all wake up hungry every morning no one doesn't wake up hungry in the morning mm-hmm. no one doesn't get hungry then 4 or 5 hours later right or, or six hours later, or and then another six or eight hours after that. So mm-hmm. there's, there's 21 meals in a, in a, in a week, and most American households, most American households, are not used to cooking 21 meals in the house, right? right? Week after week after week. Um, this is why you know, and and the more the more kind of the more times pass, the more you know, maybe it's people are people are cooking half that depends on where you live and, and what you do for a living and things like that but we're going to be back and i think we're going to be very strong and we're going to be very lean um and we're going to be meaner than before as far as our financials are concerned this is a gut check this is a huge gut check mm-hmm. how quickly you know most restaurant groups were impacted and how badly they were impacted this is a huge gut check it's also a you know a You know, you look at your human capital and say, hey, why do we need so many people? And this is sad. We've had to all lay off. You know, we laid off a bunch of our staff and we lowered salaries and and things like that. And that's not something you ever want to do, right? Never, ever, ever want to do. Um, You know, morale is, you know, people are already anxious. And and here's, oh, by the way, here's a paycheck reduction. But I think... I mean, I think we should all be very conservative, and, and restaurateurs are not conservative people. Otherwise, we mm. wouldn't be we wouldn't be in this business. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, fiscally and 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 you know, we just have to be conservative now and make sure we have some cash for yeah. and also diversify a little bit. You know, obviously, delivery is an easy way. Um, this whole kind of concept of grocery and putting and offering groceries and and alcohol, whenever and and I don't know if alcohol will will stay or go away, but I think maybe even delivery on you know on on the web, meaning you know just frozen food delivery. If you're if you are a brand that has something that's that's uh, you know that's iconic and and that's eighty percent of your sales or whatever, mm-hmm. chances are people would love that you know in another state as well, and and yeah. maybe maybe work with online online delivery partners you know and maybe the bigger groups can go into cpg and some obviously do but i think these are things that we've also kind of learned so i think yeah we'll be very strong when we come back i think um and and we know how to make money with with low numbers and as i said earlier you know it's an employer's market it's a tenant's market and those things are are going to change and i'm super excited to to kind of renew some of my leases that are coming to you this year next year it's going to be very interesting
0: yeah for sure well Akash thank you for that I really appreciate it I appreciate your time today good luck to you guys and uh, be well
1: be well as well and thank you so much for ha- uh for having me
0: yeah take care
1: thank you so much bye-bye